Bhakti is the greatest Lakshmi. It is, of course, not necessary for us to pray and ask, give this, give that. Ambal knows what we deserve to be given. Even so, in practical life, it is not possible to act with such a sense of discrimination. We all pray because we want this, we want that. Thinking of it, it is not possible to say that this is entirely wrong. In Gita, Bhagavan classifies the devotees into four types. While so doing, he did not stop with talking about the sadhaka who has worshipped with the desire to attain moksha and the jnani who has attained that state. He also includes the one who prays for redressal for his hardships and relief from ailments etc. and the one who prays for wealth. Bhagavan admits that even those who in this manner pray for worldly comfort also worship him. We cannot raise objection to something which Bhagavan himself has admitted. But any religious literature like the Gita Shastras or books dwelling on Jnana all emphasize that brushing aside the worldly comforts, we should have our goal, the permanent supreme bliss. Does it then mean that Bhagavan himself is contradicting? It does not mean that. No one can give up worldly activities in one start. But even when in this state, is it not better to think we can achieve everything, whatever we think we can carry out like a king? But to have faith, there is a great power above us. It has not only power, but has compassion. If we bow to it and pray, it will grant what we want. Even when we pray for wealth, house, promotions, etc., do we not bow to a great power with faith putting down all our ego? To that extent, it is better than Nastikam, is it not? Initially, we seek Bhagavan's help for all kinds of worldly things. We do puja, go to temples, recite stotras, do jabam, etc. Slowly and surely, as and when attachment to these grow, attachment to other things get reduced. Finally, we get the desire that we should do bhakti to Bhagavan for his sake. That is why Bhagavan recognizes even those who offer worship seeking only wealth, Lakshmi Kadaksham, as his devotees. He refers to such persons as Artarti. It is said that desire knows no limit. More importantly, there is no limit for the desire to acquire wealth. All misfortunes result from this. Those who pray for being blessed with good qualities, guna, may be there, somewhere, very rare. There is no one who does not pray for Lakshmi Kadaksham. If we see whether there is any multi-millionaire who is contented with his wealth, there is no one. As enjoyment of comforts keeps increasing, the desire for jnana keeps decreasing. That is why there is the saying that Saraswati does not reside where Lakshmi resides. I think of a reason for this which is a little funny. Usually the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law are not in agreement with each other. Mahavishnu and Brahma are father and son. Therefore, Mahalakshmi and Saraswati have the relationship of mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. They can never be cordial to each other. That is why, generally, where there is Lakshmi Kadaksham, there is no Saraswati Kadaksham. This can be said in a more generous way. 
Saraswati, out of respect for the mother-in-law, does not want to show herself prominently and keeps a low profile. All this is said in good humor. Parashakti is the only one who is there. She only bestows her grace at different times in different forms as Mahalakshmi, Parashakti and Jnanambikai. If Bhakti is practiced to any one form, it is enough. She will take care of the rest. It is this Bhakti which is our great wealth. That in itself is a great Lakshmi. Shri Gurubhyo Namaha. Thank <laughs> you.